Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. You go whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including movie reviews, celebrity interviews, classic radio shows, trivia contests, and showbiz news. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio action adventure on The Green Hornet, starring Al Hodge. But first, national movie critic Sarah Adamson is here to review two films that recently released, A Walk in the Woods and Learning to Drive. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great, Carl. How are you? Terrific. Let's talk about A Walk in the Woods. I'm tired of life being all about ailments and funerals. I want to push myself. You want to hike the Appalachian Trail? 2,000 miles. You have gone mad. It's my old pup tent. It's the perfect place for you to spend the night. 2,000 people a year try to do this. Less than 10% make it. What's this film all about? It's rated R. It's Comedy Adventure by Broad Green Pictures. It's based on travel writer Bill Bryson, who's Robert Redford in the movie, it's based on his experience of actually hiking the Appalachian Trail, 2,200 miles. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, and it's like... Count me out. Yep. It, it's rugged countryside that starts in Georgia and goes to Maine. Right. I don't even think I could do that on an on like a forerunner. I wouldn't yeah. even want to do that. No I, thanks. I agree. And, you know, and this guy is retiring. He He should retire. He's ready to retire. He has a beautiful wife, played by Emma Thompson, for amazing kids, family, and he decides to take on this challenge. Right, and Nick Nolte is part of this cast, too. He's like his uh, his friend that goes with him or yes. something, or an old friend. Yes, he's like a long-lost former friend. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they do this journey together. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or another clip from A Walk in the Woods. If they come for us, play dead. If they come for us, we are dead. <laughs> Well, they say the Appalachian Trail is like life. You don't know what's going to happen next, but you give it your best shot. What did you think of the film? I'm out. I'm kind of way out. <laughs> <laughs> Two stars. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. I admire someone who searches for peace and contentment yeah. and does actually act on it. And he did, right. which is great. There's a book about it, right? But the problem I had was watching these two guys, I mean, really, really older guys, trek through the woods at a snail's pace. Yeah. It's kind of like watching paint dry. Yeah, you know what? If if someone wants to, to do, uh, you know, something, an adventure, then you know what? Sit on the beach with a uh, with a pina colada and then just go see a good movie after that. Yeah. How's that sound? Pretty good? <laughs> I like that. You know, like on a nice warm beach somewhere. Yeah. All right, so two stars for a walk in the woods. Let's talk now about learning to drive. Tell me where you want to drive. To go somewhere else. I'd like something to take my mind off my mind. That's why I do yoga, meditate. I do ambient. When a man marries a woman, they become one spirit. I don't know what I believed about marriage, except that it would always be there. What's this film all about? 
It's rated R. It's by Broad Green Pictures. And Patricia Clarkson stars alongside Sir Ben Kingsley in this feel-good coming of middle age. Someone comedy. that you sat next to and had dinner with. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a mismatched pair who help each other overcome life's roadblocks. Yeah. Wendy Clarkson, she's a staunch Manhattan book critic whose husband has just left her for another right, woman. Right, for a younger woman, too, yeah. which really makes her mad. Eh. Ouch. Mm. Darwin Kingsley, he's a soft-spoken taxi driver who's on the verge of an arranged marriage. Yeah. So Wendy needs help overcoming her fear of driving, and Darwin is just the person to help. Right, he's helping her learn to drive, which no one in her life thinks she could ever learn how to drive, including herself. Right. <laughs> and it also stars another one of Meryl Streep's daughter, co-stars Grace Gummer. Yeah. As her as her daughter. Right. And so they're both going through kind of a, a problem in life, and they're thrown into this situation of teaching her to drive. Yes. She helps him, yeah. and he helps her. It's really sweet. Another clip from Learning to Drive. Why do you teach driving? For a better job, I would have to take off my turban, shave off my beard. But this is how I know who I am. Why did I ever think I could drive? I ignore everything and everybody around me. What did you think of the film? You know, I'm in. Three stars. This is a charming story of moving out of middle age comfort zones, you know, and especially during a crisis, and opening yourself up to the prospect of new friends. And the film is touching and humorous. Wendy just starts crying in his cab. And Darwin says, I'd like to help. She says, you can't be from New York. And he says, no, um, I'm from Queens, but I know that really doesn't count. <laughs> so just some humor throughout as well, which is kind of what I loved about the script. Yeah. And, you know, these two people are completely opposite. And they're so terrific together. Um, it's great. Ben Kingsley, obviously, everybody knows what an amazing actor Ben Kingsley is, Academy Award winner. But, uh, you know, I think Patricia Clarkson is one of the best female actors out there. She just, I don't think she's gotten her due, really. I, you know, she's not an Academy Award winner or anything like that, but everything she's in, she's absolutely incredible. I remember first seeing her on Six Feet Under. She had a kind of a reoccurring role on that. It was one of my favorite TV shows. Sure. And everything she's in, she just knocks it out of the park. Oh, Carl, I totally agree with yeah. you. And I'm really thrilled to be able to interview her soon as well. Oh, great. All right, so uh, three and a half stars, did you say? I say three. Three stars for learning to drive and only two stars for a walk in the woods. You heard it here on Hollywood 360, but check out all of Sarah Adamson's reviews at her website, which is sarahsbackstagepass.com. Sarah, great having you on the show. Thank you, Carl. It's always my pleasure. All right, the Green Hornet is coming your way next. Stick around. Now back to the best in classic radio. On Hollywood 360, brought to you by Reader's Digest. Wow, Lisa, that was really good. That cat's pride spot that you voiced there. Are Great you surprised, job. Carl? Wow. Got some good pipes hey, there. Hey, you know who to hire to be your co-host. Man, nice job. And Cat's Pride, one of our sponsors here on Hollywood 360, is running a terrific, terrific drawing for our listeners. Hey, folks out there in Radio Land, listen up. Cat's Pride is giving away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter each and every month. One lucky winner each month will win a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. How do you get entered into the drawing, Lisa? We only have one more day to enter. No, uh, that's not true. We're going to do this this month. I know, but we're doing it every single 
And every month you can enter, and what you do is you send your name and your cat's name and your city and state to catspridephoto at gmail.com. Well, we want a picture, not just their name. We I, want said, a- I said a photo of you and your cat with your name and the cat's name and your city uh, and your Mike, state. Mike, run the uh, audio back, please. I, uh, I, will ha- I, I do not believe you said send a photo. You but, just said send your name and your cat's it. name. So that's what's important. That's right, because the listeners can, can uh, could uh, read I'm your mind. I'm pretty sure I was yes, thinking they that. they absolutely so, can. So that's what you do. You send a picture of you and your cat. With your name, your cat's name, your city and state, cat's pride photo at gmail.com. And every single month we will pick a winner. And that winner wins a free year of kitty litter, which is worth a whole lot of money. Yeah. And cat's pride is the finest kitty litter available. It absolutely is. All right. Send that photo in, folks, and uh, get entered into the drawing. All right, it's time now for the Green Hornet. This is called Hot Guns for Sale. It stars Al Hodge. It's from September 16th, 1941. Part one now of the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies that even the G-men cannot reach. The Green Hornet. Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed as he races toward another thrilling adventure. The Green Hornet strikes again. Hurry, Cato. Here's where we smash a stolen gun racket. story begins late at night in the suburbs outside the city as one of the circulation trucks of the Daily Sentinel climbs a steep slope with a load of early additions for the nearby rural towns. As the truck nears the top of the grade, the driver speaks. Car coming, Jerry. See the headlights? Yeah, coming fast. Uh-huh. As soon as we get over the rise, you'll see him. Hey, it's a truck. He's on the wrong side of the road. Get over, get over. Look out, you're setting straight for us. Jerry, you hurt? No, I'm okay. Hey, it turned over. Says I'm right. Just smashed my left front fender in the headlight. Hey, maybe they're hurt. Okay, okay, we'll take a look. And we gotta get traveling. Circulation, man, Joe, skin us alive if those newspapers don't get delivered. I don't see nobody. Hello! Hey, where are you? Where's the driver? Gosh, Hedley. They ain't in a cab, they... Hedley. Yeah, I see. Rear end open up and they spill right out. They're guns, ain't they? Yep, a truckload of guns. I'll get them, Jerry. What the... oh, nice going. They're out cold, Dutch. Yeah, Wayne. Blackjack works okay. But what are we going to do with them guns? Our truck is smashed up. But take their truck. Huh? A daily sentinel truck? Are you nuts? You heard me. Get busy. Throw out them papers and switch the guns. We're taking their truck. <laughs> Daily Sentinel, publisher's office. The truck? Where? Yes, I'll tell him. Yes, Miss Case? The circulation manager just called, Mr. Reed. That truck's been found. Where is it? Right in the center of Meadow Park. Park? 
What about the driver and his helper? No trace of them, Mr. Reed. The odd thing is, there weren't any newspapers in the trunk. They weren't delivered, were they? No, sir. The papers never got to the dealers. That's odd. Okay, Miss Case. Tell them to keep after it. Yes, sir. Oh. Looks to me like Hadley and Jerry are heading for a dressing down. Cassie, I brought them back alive. Where's Reed? Oh, a what expert? If you've been hunting, I haven't... Hello, Miss Case. Hadley and Jerry. Uh-oh. The alibi better be good. Mr. Reed's in his... Miss Case... Mr. Reed is here. Exhibit A and B, Mr. Reed. The Daily Sentinel's missing truck driver. I found them for you, Reed. They was... Never mind, Mike. Hadley, your truck was found in the center of the park, deserted. Did you leave it there? No, sir. So help me, Mr. Reed. Jerry and I were climbing Balch Hill when we got clipped by a truck coming the other way. I see. I found them out that way, Reed. They was tumbling their way back to town. Mr. Reed, the guys we hit slugged us. Their truck was wrecked and they must have used ours. And you know for what, Mr. Reed? For guns. Good grief. Guns? Hadley, are you on the level? So help me. We saw them scattered all over the ground just before they knocked us cold. Revolvers and machine guns and rifles, dozens of them. Hello, get me the city desk, Miss Case. Yes, sir. Use the other phone. Get Sergeant Moran at police headquarters. Tell him about this. Axford will go to the place where the trucks were wrecked with Moran. Suffer the snakes. I sure will, Reed. Look for that other truck. See? Hello, Gunnigan. Reed talking. Keep a spot on the front page open. Our truck drivers ran into more than an accident. We may have a story, a big story. Are you sure this is the spot? Where's the other truck? It's gone. It was gone this morning when we came to. You can see the marks from the tires, Moran. Ah, uh, that might have been anybody's tires. How do I know that you're not making this up, Hadley? It's just your word against... Yeah? Look down the ravine. Holy crows, the bundles of newspapers. Sure, those lugs tossed them out to make room for the guns. Yeah, but we can't look around much longer. It's getting on towards dark. If they switched in a hurry, they might have left something. Gunning has got to have a story. Then use your eyes and not your mouth, Axford. I'm looking. It was right here. Ask Jerry. For Pete's sake, you said that before. Save Holy it. crow. Huh? Moran, will you look what I found? Golly, wait till I tell Reed about this. Cato! Cato! Oh, golly. Uh, who's at home? What? Mr. Axford, why you first knock on doors, then open door yourself? On the counter, I'm that excited, Cato. Where's Reed, Cato? I could hear you in the next county. You got news? Reed, I found a gun. You did? Yep, Moran's got it. He took it over to headquarters to check the number. Not a new gun? Nope, it's been used before. Well, that proves Hadley was telling a straight story, doesn't it? It sure looks that way. You called the city desk? Sure I did. That's how I learned you was here at the apartment. Truckload of used guns. Axford, we may have stumbled into something big. Some racket in guns. Wait, Cato, answer, please. Mr. Reed's residence. Hello? W- one moment. It's for Mr. Axford. Okay, that must be Sergeant Moran. Hello, Moran. You got news about that gun? Sure, I'm listening. Holy crow, Moran. Is that a fact? Golly. Sure, and thanks. Sounds big, Axford. Reed, that gun was the one used in the Crayley murder. It's the very same number. The Crayley murder? But Dalford was tried and convicted for that crime a year ago. He died in a chair. It's... Wait a minute. Doesn't the police department take charge of all those guns immediately afterward? Yeah, Reed. They're supposed to destroy them or sell them to responsible parties. Men who drive truck last night, not the responsible party, is? No, Cato. Honest people don't go around switching trucks or using blackjacks. If you're asking me, Reed, there's something rotten in the police department. Somebody must be selling them guns to racketeers on the slide. Axford, get over there. The police department? See Moran at once and start digging. Find out who has charge of those guns. But there's a couple of men, Reed. There's Deputy Commissioner Stacy and his whole department. 
Nolan, Bailey. Never mind the count. The Sentinel needs facts. Now, get going. Okay, I'm on my way. So long. I'll see you in the headlines. He certainly will see us in the headlines, Cato. What do you mean, Mr. Britton? Don't you know why he sent Axford away? We're going to do some investigating on our own hook. Open the sliding panel, Cato. The Green Hornet's taking a hand in this game. Followed by Cato, Britt Reed stepped through the secret panel in the rear of his bedroom, then along a narrow passage built within the wall of the apartment house itself, a passage that led directly to an adjoining building fronting on another street. It was a side street, dark and deserted. No one could guess that behind its ramshackle front, the building served as the hiding place for the sleek black beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. You have the Hornet mask and the gas weapon, Cato? Yes, sir. I take them from the seated drawer. The gun is loaded? It's already. Where we go, please? We're checking up on the underworld, Cato. With a Green Hornet mask and reputation, we should be able to uncover plenty that the police can't get. Okay, step on it. As the great car roared into life, a section of the wall lifted in front of it. The car turned into the street. Then the section of wall closed automatically as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. It's a nice suit with me today, huh, Wayne? Yeah. Two Tommy guns and a dozen automatics for Dice Conner. <laughs> Guess he wants to protect his gambling joint. Yeah, let him worry. We don't. Nope, we just sell him the guns, that's all. Here's a thousand bucks. Put it away. Yeah. You know, Wayne, I was kind of worried for a while. About running into that Sentinel news truck? Yeah. I thought there might be trouble. Well, there would have been if we hadn't used a persuader to put them two guys to sleep. Yeah, they didn't get a look at it. Sure they didn't. After we used that truck and got rid of it, that's all there was to it. Yeah. As long as you had some of our boys go after our truck. Is it fixed yet? Yeah, they're working on it in the back. Be a couple of days yet. A couple of days? Don't be a sap, Dutch. We've got to do it on the QT. If we took it to a regular repair joint, the cops might spot it. So what? So plenty. A good detective could check the damage, find out what happened. You mean there might be some paint from that Sentinel truck scraped off ours? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, forget it. Count that change. Yeah, okay. Grab that, Dutch. Yeah, who's calling? Hello, Patroni. This is Dutch. What's on your mind? <laughs> Somebody asking about buying guns? <laughs> as long as it ain't the cops, you didn't know the guy. Why, that's our business. Uh, who asked you? Who? Hey. Hey. Hey, Patroni. What's the matter? Yeah, he hung up. Didn't tell you? I just said some guy. Well, maybe you don't want to mention names. It's funny, Wayner. What? We had a couple other phone calls about the same thing. Some guy looking for guns. Yeah. And no name mentioned. That's the way I like it. That's playing it smart. I don't know. The way Petroni sounded. Oh. Well, sort of like he was scared instead of careful. Like he was afraid to mention names. Yeah, you're nuts. Besides, we got them guns in the cellar below the garage. No matter what happens, nobody could find them. <laughs> Who's that? Come on, we'll see. Bring your gun. Yeah, I got it. All right. He's got the gun there, Lisa. Got the gun? Bring your gun. You got it? Got it. All right. So that's the first portion of the Green Hornet. Uh, Mike likes to break on sound effects. I heard it. Well, sometimes there's not a musical break to break on. I, so, I was listening for the Mike, know, Mikey fact. We'll Mike is it. trying to make the show fit within the certain parameters and windows of time. And he does a up job. Uh, he does. He's, uh, he's the best in the business. Mike Costello. You always hire the best in the business. I know. That's I why know. you have us. Mike is the best us, in the business, and you're the best in the <laughs> <Said> business. <us. laughs>
And uh, that's the way we roll here on Hollywood 360. 100 radio stations and uh, Glenn Beck's The Blaze. And we're very, very, very honored to be on so many stations. And uh, most of our stations do carry the full four hours of our show, but some do not. And uh, because some do not carry the full four hours, we have a podcast. It's sort of, uh, you know, these uh, radio shows have podcasts now. I didn't kind of know what it was. Mike explained it to me. It's this uh, thing where your show is recorded and people can listen to it later. Pretty cool concept. Seems like so simple, right? So we have the show up on our homepage uh, the following Monday after the broadcast. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com and you will have our podcast. We also put an additional hour of classic radio there for you every Monday. The uh, following uh, or the uh, last week's show is up, so do check that out, Hollywood360radio.com. All right, it's time now for another Jim Caviezel movie clip. This is a 2005 sports drama, and I'm sure hoping somebody gets it. Take a listen. That boat's all this town's got, and I'm not turning my back on them now. All right, if you know what movie that is, Jim Caviezel stars in it, give us a call right now, 855-360-H360, 855-360-H360. True Story Sports Drama 2005 release. That boat's all this town's got. And I'm not turning my back on them now. You know what movie that is. Call us right now. Toll free 855-360-H360. Win some fabulous prizes. We'll be right back. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. Lisa, hello. Check, check, one, two. Check, check. You know, there's a lot of buttons over I, here. I've noticed that. You have I'm telling you, you know what? I am not good with buttons. I'm good with switches. <laughs> oh. Not so good Call with buttons. Call switches, then. We should change all of these buttons. Is there a way? Can we change all these buttons into switches? I'm going to work That'd on that great. for you. I would be right on the money then. I've got it There would for be you. no problems whatsoever. I have a problem with buttons. You just have a problem now and then. I just have a problem. <laughs> I have a lot of problems, yeah. Um... Yeah, and when yeah. I'm tired, oh boy, oh. those problems get exasperated. I'm exasper- exacerbated. Exacerbated, that's what I meant. <laughs> All right, so thank you for that. Um, well, you have two master's degrees and I don't. I'll help you out, Carl. So here's the movie clip. That boat's all this town's got, and I'm not turning I'm my not back, turning on, my back on that boat right now, Lisa. And you should. You know, actually, that part right there, um, I, you know, I, I, I got a whole story about it, but I, we don't have time. Did he try to run you over? No, he okay. did not. He did not try to, Jim never tried to run me over in all the time I've okay, known him. Okay, good. That's Jay, not um, Jim. You know, when we were, uh, when he was filming The Passion of the Christ and I yes. was out there in Rome with him, and Mel Gibson was such a prankster. He used to like play pranks on everybody. He was just so much fun to be around. One time, uh, the woman, I can't remember her name right now, the woman who played Mary Magdalene, we were all standing around, and he had put a little mouse. There was a lot of mice because it was in Rome, and they were all over the place. He took a mouse, and he put it in her pocket in like of her. Yeah. And, man, that was, she went. Well, she, I don't blame her. Yeah, it was something. But uh, anyway, uh, I digress. Let's see here. Um, I'm trying to hit the right button here. Let's it's a talk, switch. Let's it's talk a switch. with uh, Bill in uh, Ottawa. What's up, Bill? How are you? Hey, Carl, how's it going? Good. Hey, do you know the name of this movie? I do. It's one of yours, Madison. Yeah, thank you very much. Did you like the movie? I did, actually. Oh, wow, very. Doesn't sound like you liked it that much. <laughs> he actually I mean, come on, I want to... Re- you loved it. It was the one of the best movies you've ever seen, right, Bill? It's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty? interesting film with those watercrafts inside. All right, way to go. I'm liking you more. 
Come on, keep going. What else? Uh, you just you can't live without it. You want to watch it once a day, right? It was excellent. All right, good man. My brother's going to send you some fun prizes. Thanks, Bill. Thank Appreciate you. it. Yes, uh, this was a fun time. I produced this movie back in uh, in the early 2000s. And, and Bill enjoyed it and somewhat. Bill liked it. Bill was the somewhat. one person that watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Jim Caviezel. It was funny because I, I made the movie. Uh, we were making the movie, and I didn't have the lead yet, right? So I had Jake Lloyd. I had Bruce Dern. I had Mary McCormick. I had John Mellencamp. And I didn't have the lead. And um, And my investors were like, we're shooting in three weeks. Who's the lead? And I said, well, it might be Carl Amari is going to be the lead in this movie if I don't find somebody. That is scary. And then I went to the show and I saw the thin red line. And I said, look at this guy. This guy's great. He's like going to be a big, big star. And so went out and cast him and he loved the script. And that's, uh, there you go. That's a good thing because otherwise it might have been Carl Amari. No, that would not have so, been as good a movie. So I, I'm I'm going to go with. Uh, but maybe Jim I would have won an Academy Award. You never yeah, know. It's possible. So here's a little trivia. So yeah. uh, Madison was chosen by Robert Redford to be the opening film at Redford's prestigious Sundance Film Festival 2001. That's very what do you think nice. Of that? that is huh? very nice. And that was a lot of fun having the uh, premiere I'm film. Sure. There. Yeah. All right. Let's get back now to the Green Hornet. Open that door. What the? Why, there's nobody here. Somebody rang that bell. It must have been... Boss, look, stuck on the door. I just noticed. But there's writing on it. I'm in the market for guns. I'll see you later. Oh, I wonder who could... Dutch, look at this. Yeah, Wayner. This sign right below the note. Dutch, it's the sign of the Green Hornet. Is Wayner, Mr. Britt? You're certain? Positive, Cato. I heard them through the door. That's why I left that note instead of talking. What? Wayner's the one who sells the guns. Mentioned something about a garage and a hidden cellar underneath. Before the Hornet starts dickering with him, I want to know more about it. Pardon, please. Did Wayner name man behind him? Political rat who's getting those guns to him? That is it, yes. Well, Cato, we didn't mention any names. It's another reason for playing a waiting hand. I want to trap the big shot behind the racket, too. I see. I'll call Wayner later. What, what is it? Look, down the street at the corner. Isn't that Axford and Sergeant Moran? Yes, sir. They have been checking on suspects, perhaps. Yes, we're in luck, Cato. Hold on. What you do? Drive right past them, Cato. We'll be gone before they have a chance to reach for guns. We'll give them something to talk about. Hold on. Here we go. Axford, that car! What's it? Holy Cloverland! Where's my gun? That's the green horn! Oh, save your bullets. He's out of sight already. But golly, Moran, even if we didn't get no place looking for that gun racket here, at least I got something for the front page. The Green Hornet's busy again. The following morning, Britt Reed read the Daily Sentinel story at the breakfast table before going to his office. He congratulated Axford for his reporting. Yes, Axford, that's a nice yarn you phoned into the city there. <laughs> Gonna get like you too, Reed. Golly, the Hornet passed so close to us I could have reached out and touched him. Like this. Uh, like you're touching me? Yes. <laughs> Just as well you didn't try. Ah, uh, there wasn't time. Uh, there's only one thing wrong with the story, Reed. Yes? We wasn't allowed to mention nothing about the gun racket. Well, of course not, Axford. If somebody in the police department's involved, the less said about that angle, the better. Did uh, you and Moran get anything? Uh, not a blessed clue, Reed. If it wasn't for running into the harness, the evening would have been a total loss. You know, I've been thinking... I got a theory that... 
Another theory. No way. This Excuse one is... please, Mr. Britt. It's uh, almost 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? Holy crow. Yeah, I'm due at the office in 20 minutes, Haxford. You'd uh, better get the sedan. I'll have it in front of the door in five, Reed. So long, Cato. Good day, Mr. Haxford. Cato. Yes, Mr. Britt? There's something for me to do? Get over to Wainer's place at once. Where we called last night? Yes, I want you to watch them like a hawk. Find out where that garage is. Call me at the office on the private phone if you have to. I understand. I go as soon as I finish dishes. Come on the dishes. Let them wait. Get moving and don't forget to phone me. Do we go right in the garage, boss? No. Wait a minute. Huh? Take a look around first. Hey, what's eating you? There's a lot of passers-by, that's all. We might have been tailed. For what? Nobody suspects us of anything. Well, I don't know. That story in the Sentinel... Just because I mentioned the Hornet don't mean nothing. It mentioned the racket, too, Dutch. Not ours. Yeah. How do we know? Didn't put a name on it. It might have been our guns as well as anything yeah, else. not a chance. There ain't been no leaks or nothing like that. Maybe so. Yeah, there's nothing suspicious. A couple of dames across the street... A Chinese laundry man who just came around the corner coming this way, and there was two guys in front of the drugstore. Okay, Dutch, I guess it's clear. <laughs> clear as blue sky. Come on, into the garage. Yeah, I'll get the doors. Still working. Inside. So, that is garage. Now I remove this laundry bundle and find telephone. I call Mr. Britt. Tell him about garage. But, Mr. Reed, what's the good of Axford taking this assignment if he can't mention names in the story? Because we're not sure of names yet, Miss Case. We don't want a libel suit. Outside of seeing the Hornet last night, what did they accomplish? He's been with Moran all day. We're keeping after it, Miss Case. Suppose the police are called off. We still keep after it. Hadley's our employee. He and Jerry were slugged. Our truck was hijacked. Nobody can get away with that. They're getting away so far. But I wonder who'd be passing those guns along. Well, whoever it is is making plenty, Miss Case. I suppose so. The police pick up plenty of guns during a year, don't they? Every gun used in a crime. And every gun for which there's no license. And Deputy Commissioner Stacy heads that department. Yes. Those guns are supposed to be destroyed or sold through legitimate channels. Certainly they shouldn't turn up again in the hands of racketeers. Yet over and over, the police have arrested criminals and found them in possession of guns used in previous crimes. Well, I hope there's not... Hey, Reed, I told you so. Axford. I thought you were at headquarters. I just come from there. Reed, I told you I had a theory. What are you talking about? Holy crow, I'm talking about the Green Hornet. What else would it be? What is it this time? Is the Hornet mixed up in that truck crash? It ain't so funny, Casey. That's the right answer for one. Hey, now, wait a minute, Axford. Aren't you stretching things by guessing? It was a guess this morning, Reed, but it ain't now. Because the cops got a letter from the Hornet saying he knew all about them guns. So you see, I... What's that? Signal for your private phone, Mr. Reed. I'll get it. If you want me, I'll be in my office, Miss Case. But, Reed, I was just telling uh, tell you. Tell it to Miss Case. I'll be out in a few moments. Uh, Casey, the cops ain't releasing the news yet. Okay. Hello. Mr. Britt, you know who's speaking? Yes. You found the garage? I dress like Chinese laundry man, Mr. Britt. I find garage. I see truck when they open door. I look around, then tell you all about garage later, yes? Good work. I get the layout, find out how many exits there are. Axford's in the outer office. The police already have the Hornet note. Everything's set. I understand, Mr. Britt. I'll meet you back at the apartment tonight. What about Axford? Axford will be with the police. I'll see to that. When the Green Hornet calls Wayner on the phone, I don't want any outsiders listening. (laughs) 
truck all cleaned up a morning, Dutch. Yeah, you put the heat on one this afternoon, eh, boss? Got your key? Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a phone. Yeah, inside. I'll take it. Hello? You've been out? Calling you for the last hour, Wayne. Who is this? I left a note on your door last night. A note on the... The Green Hornet. Hornet? For my names. How many guns have you got for sale, Wayne? You mean... I mean the whole works, everything. Well, I got more than 300, all different types. Uh... What's your price on all of them? On all of them? Hold the phone. That's the one that wants to buy every gun we got. Hey, that guy's no piker. He wants a price. Soak him. Yeah. Uh, Hornet, suppose we make it, uh, say, 20,000. That's a lot. Yeah, try and get guns any other way. Okay, Wayner, 20,000. I want to see them first. You can see them. You come over here and I'll have Dutch take you to where I got them stashed. All right? I'll be over. Goodbye. Well, Dutch... Looks like we're going to get rid of a load of hot stuff all at once, huh? Hornet don't fool around, does he? Twenty grand. That's more than a half of what we make in a month. I'll go over to the garage and get things lined up. You wait here for the Hornet, get it? Okay, boss. I guess he'll be coming pretty soon, huh? Cato. Is Oxford out? Yes. You talk to Wayner, Mr. Blake? Wayner and the police, Cato. Police? I'll be watching for the Black Beauty. It's up to us to lead them right into that garage. I see. But first, we're going over to Wayner's place. Why we do that? Have you forgotten, Cato? There's someone else to trap beside Wayner. Oh, the political one, yes? A crooked policeman, Cato. The sooner the better. I have gas, weapon, and mask, Mr. Blake, and the car's lady. Okay. Yes, sir. But how will we find out who is policeman? Wayner left one of his men at his home, Cato, to guide the Green Hornet to the guns. Cato, that man is going to talk. Plenty. Come on. Instead of me. Every time I think that green hornet to get jumpy, I don't like What to... for, Dutch? What the... Oh, the hornet, I, I didn't hear you. I make it a habit never to come in the front way, Dutch. Just in case. I, uh... Wayner's gone? Yeah, yeah. You're alone here? Yeah, I... What about it? Just asking. I'd like to know where I stand. Yeah, forget it, hornet. You stand aces with us. You, you're going to buy all the guns we got. Where and... did you get those guns? Where did we... Come huh? on, come on, you heard me. But I... What do you mean? They're hot, aren't they? Sure, they're hot. But what difference does it make to you? I want everybody in on this deal, Dutch. Everybody get it? Sure, Wayner and me and... That's right, and the silent party. Well, Wayner said... Remind what Wayner said, you get him. Oh, no, that can't be. He's supposed to remain in the dark. He'll be in the dark, Dutch, permanently. Hey, not, not your gun, don't. I get busy. Now listen, Hornet, those guns are... Get busy are... I pull this trigger. <clears throat> but I tell you... Okay. Okay, I'll do my best. Your best better be plenty good, Dutch. Now pick up that phone and use it. Wayner won't like this. I'm paying out 20 grand. He'll have to like it. Maybe he's out. You better not be for your sake. And you better be very persuasive, Dutch, for the same reason. I had the ring of the number. What if he don't answer, Hornet? I... He answered. Hello, this is Dutch. You got to get over the garage right away. Yeah, I know it ain't regular, but... Remember, Dutch, my gun. You got to come now. It's... Wayner says it's... it's life or death. Hey, you will? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's better, Dutch. All I kept seeing was that muzzle of your gun. I'm using it, Dutch. When I thought you was going to shoot, I... You're, you're kidding. I want you out of the way, Dutch. No, no, Hornet. Wait, wait. But don't shoot. I... Yes, I... Can't breathe. Hornet, you... 
out like a light. Okay. You give him gas, Mr. Bridge? He won't bother us, Cato. He called the man we want. Who is it? I don't know yet. He mentioned no names. But the third member of this gun rack will be at the garage when we get there. I see. We go now? Not just yet. I want to give him time to get there. Besides, I want to be inside that garage before you drive in with a black beauty. What? Yes, Cato. You come in the front. And the police will spot my car and pile in after you. But there's a back exit from that garage out into the alley. Oh, now I understand, Mr. Britt. We will be going out the back, yes? That's right. You'll give me a chance to talk to Wayner and his partner about those guns before... <laughs> I wonder. Something is funny, Mr. Britt? I'm just wondering, Cato. That 20000 What of it? You've not got the money with you. No, but there might be 20000 in this room. <laughs> Take a look. Can you picture Wayner's face when the Hornet pays him off in his own cash? Are you going to have to wait? Oh, I wish I'd brought my knitting. Casey, shut up. Are you sure that's the place? Right across the street, Miss Case. Well, it's a garage, It's but... the garage. And remember, Casey, if there's trouble, you stay right here on this side of the street. There'll be enough grief without watching out for you. Okay, Axford. You wouldn't be much help anyway as far as... Hey. Holy crow, look who's going into that garage. Yeah, a big shot from the police department. I always thought he was a rat. Suffering snakes. What are we waiting for? Let's go in and see. Stand still, you lug. We're waiting for the green hornet. Let him go. All right. Who is it? Richard. Wayner, take it easy. Stacy, what are you doing here? Rich called me up. He said it was a matter of life or death. Didn't you tell him to call me? No, I didn't. I don't figure this out, but you'd better scram, Stacy. You're a deputy commissioner of police. Did the Green Hornet find you? The Green you're... Hornet? Yeah. He's making a deal for them guns you've got for me. But if he knows you're in on this racket, he might blackmail you. You better duck out. Too late for that, Wayner. <laughs> what the... Oh. Hello, Hornet. Dutch brought you in the back way? We don't need Dutch around. Suppose you and Stacy show me those guns. Okay. Okay, long as you're here. This truck of yours getting a repaint job? Yeah, it got messed up a little a couple of nights ago. Before I show them guns, Hornet, how about the cash? I have it. Stop stalling, Wiener. Get this over with. I want to get out of here. Sure, Commissioner. Or as a deputy commissioner. Come on, Wiener, the guns. Okay. This oil barrel right here. Oil barrel? Yeah, Hornet. I just twist it around like this. And there you are, the gun. Well, very clever, Wayne. Now, here's your money. Count it, waiter. Sure. While you're counting it, I'll just open these doors. Close those doors, Hornet. Hey, what is this? This money is mine. You got it from a safe. Sure I did, Wayner, and Dutch didn't stop. What did I say? Close those doors. If anybody passes by the... What is... What's that car? It's my car, and this is for you. Waiter, look out. It's a trap. Shoot him. Shoot the Hornet. Take it, you rats. Help me out of the way of the car. I don't want you to run over even while you're unconscious. Hurry, Mr. Blitz. Police come from cross street. And step on it, Cato. Up the back. Cato, get moving. Back door, it's closed. Never mind that crash right through. Step on it. Holy crow, did you see that, Moran? The harness in his car right through the back wall. It's gone out of sight already. Oh, I might have known that guy would get away. All this work for nothing. For nothing, your foot, Moran. Ah, sovereign snake, Casey. I told you to stay across the street. What are you doing here? Using my eyes, you big lug. Look down there through this trap door. Aren't those guns? And this truck. Doesn't it fit the description of the one that hit the Sentinel truck? Well, I'll be... Axford, she's right. It's that stolen gun racket. 
Wayner runs it and Stacy's the rat who got him the gun. Sure. Just check the numbers on those guns and you've made an arrest, Sergeant. And you can... Oh, Thanks, Fred. What's the matter with you? What are you looking for? Oh, holy crow, Cassie. I'm looking for a nickel for a phone card. I got to get the story into the Sentinel. Golly, I can see the headlines right now. <laughs> That's a Green Hornet with Hot Guns for Sale, starring Al Hodge. You know, Lisa, later in uh, in life, Al Hodge played a very famous uh, character on television. Do you know what it was? It's okay if you don't. Just I say don't. You know, I that's don't. fine. Uh, he played Captain Video later in life. Yeah, that wasn't one of the shows was, that was on my yeah, uh, I know, bucket list. Probably wasn't a show you watched too often. Um, but yeah, Al Hodge was the Green Hornet there. That's uh, from September 16th, 1941, as uh, heard on Mutual. And did you know that the Green Hornet and the Lone Ranger, the two characters, were related? I mean, neither one was a real character, but they right. were related. The uh, creators had them related. The, um, the Lone Ranger, let's see, the Green Hornet, I should say, was the Lone Ranger's great nephew. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, what do you think of that? Huh? Ah, ah, yeah. See the backstory. More comes of through. this kind of trivia about radio is going to be coming your way yes, in our next is. hour with Stump the Host. And uh, Gloria Lombardi is here. She's going to play Stump the Host. And uh, you're going to ask her some questions. Yep. And I'll be her lifeline. I'll ask you both some questions. And we're also going to tune into a terrific episode of Escape. You won't want to miss that. All right, stick around. Much more coming your way. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right. This show is brought to you by Reader's Digest, Lisa. You know that? I knew that. All right. You are up on your Reader's Digest. Yes, uh, sir. uh, Acumen. Uh, There's a good word. Good one. It's a good word, right? Lisa teaches me words. Lisa teaches me words. I yeah. try. Yeah. yeah. We got to teach each other a few things, right? I and know. we're going to teach each Absolutely. other some things next hour. All right. Stick around, folks, because we're going to play Stump the Host and we're also going to play Escape. You won't want to miss it. Stick around.